Okay, well, we're going to start off with Disney's latest reimagining of one of their classic, iconic characters, Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians, starring Emma Stone. And this has got to be one that I think I was looking forward to probably more than any of the other reimaginings, just because of the fact that the talent behind it, Craig Gillespie's directing it, and Emma is there, and no matter what she's in, whether the movie's good or bad, you always know you're going to enjoy seeing her. And to start off, Lois Oss, I mean, I know growing up, you and I were both into Disney, but was what 101 Dalmatians, the animated or the live action, either one of those or those movies you grew up with? I grew up with both. I preferred the animated version always as a kid. Uh, I think the live action one scared me a little bit too much, but <laughs> but uh, I love uh I love the original's aesthetic. Like it's such a vibe. I love how sketchy the animation those is. Lines. You can see I know you love lines. those lines. Yeah. Love the sketch lines in a Disney film. Love to see it. Um, and Cruella Deville is just such an icon, as you said. Uh, the the character is just so mean and nasty. You can't help but to not love her. And then Glenn Close is the perfect choice to portray the character in live action. She really took it to a new level in in terms of uh, camp value and so i think emma stone was actually the perfect choice to play the younger version or at least a different version of the character and i was looking forward to the movie for for that reason alone i suppose um you know i've expressed countless times on the podcast how weary i am of these live action disney movies wherein they take one of their intellectual properties and they either slavishly adapt it into this soulless market tested to hell pointless carbon copy in the case of something like beauty and the beast or it removes (laughs) the heart and the soul and everything that was appealing about the original until it no longer resembles the original such as mulan or oftentimes both like the remake of the lion king which which i thought was perfectly fine we shall not talk about here (laughs) um So uh, so anyway, I, I, I approach this with caution, I suppose, but, you know, trepidation, but also slight interest, just based on who was involved. I see your face. I know where you're going. I think I know where you're going. I think I know what direction you're going. Look at that. Oh, no. Ladies and gentlemen, go ahead. What? First impressions on this beast. Come on. <laughs> Let's get to it. I can tell. I can feel the vibe in the air, man. Well, Cruella DeVille as a character, her driving goal, at least as as it was presented in 101 Dalmatians, the animated one, well, I guess both versions, was to kidnap uh, nice young couples, Dalmatian puppies, murder them, and skin yes. them so that she can make a spotted coat out of their fur. So she's an evil character. This is not up for debate. But Disney also has a trend of taking the the Wicked formula, I'll call it the Wicked formula, based on the, the, the book by Gregory Maguire and the Broadway musical, in which a, a famous villain or villainess is recontextualized as a, as a sympathetic protagonist. They've done this twice now, once with Maleficent. With which was complete fucking utter trash and disastrous. Hell, yeah, please. disastrous results. And now with Cruella. So I think my issue with this approach is that they're creating a film framing a villain as the hero or perhaps a little bit of an anti-hero 
while also trying to occupy the, you know, all-inclusive feminist girl boss mindset that is all the rage in 2021. And I feel like that's a tall order, especially for a company that caters to family audiences. And as I said, spot on casting, Emma Stone as Cruella, um, the, the really clever marketing that made it appear a bit darker and more offbeat than your average Disney fair. The fact that it was PG-13 raised my eyebrows a little bit. So once again, I must admit how much of a sucker I am because I found Cruella to be yet another waste of time and money from Disney. No! It's not the movie Cruella DeVille deserved. It's frankly Come not the movie on. that Emma Stone deserved. It's certainly not the movie that the audience deserved. Um, I think it has merit, and I think we can talk about those merits, but mm, this movie is just so pointless and long and insulting. Wow. A little harsh there, Saucy? I mean, uh, I'm going to go out on a limb here and be like the opposite to that. Because I kind of liked this movie. Okay. I really did. I enjoyed <laughs> it. I didn't think I was going to. Um, I know we usually see eye to eye on a lot, and our listeners know that. And I think it was like the 35-minute mark when it hit me, and I was like, I'm kind of starting to enjoy this. It takes a while for it to get there for me. Um, if Nick were on here right now on this review, I'd know exactly what he would bitch about because the first half an hour of the fucking movie, you just hear a narration constantly and it's super annoying. Listen, not every movie can be good fellas. It's okay if there's some narration, but I don't want to hear you narrate for that long. I guess it's just because they don't want the audience to forget that. Yes. Emma stones in the movie because you know, the first whatever, 25 minutes or whatever, she's a small child and it's a different actor playing her. Um, but I liked the way the movie looked. I liked the way the movie felt. And the moment that Emma goes into full Cruella mode, I was in, it had me hooked. The movie doesn't need to exist. None of these do. So bringing that up, I feel like for us is almost a moot point. It's pointless to bring it up because they will keep making them. They've been making them for so long and it's never going to stop, you know? So it doesn't need to exist, but I'm actually glad this one does. I hated Maleficent. I literally wanted to piss and shit on it and watch it burn to death. That's how much I hated that movie. And there have been others uh, that I've actually enjoyed, like Aladdin. I really enjoyed that. We were all really pleasantly surprised by how fun that movie was. Then you have the Beauty and the Beasts, where another movie where I wanted to give it credit. And the longer I thought about it, the more I was really sad and upset over it. Um here, they're not actually adapting 101 Dalmatians. They're doing something slightly different. They're looking at the character from an outside perspective and saying, what can we do with this? Also, they saw Joker and said, hey, let's do that with a character. Um, well, let's the, talk the, about the influences. The influences. I mean, it, they, they can't they can lie all they want in interviews. Lysos. They can pretend like they're not doing it. It's obvious. It's apparent. Even down to the marketing scheme, everything about it. it it's they saw the movie and said, we should do that, but more neutered and less scary and less violent than that with one of our characters. And Cruella, out of all of them, fits the bill perfectly, I think, for that aesthetic and for that that way of making a movie. Yeah, I, I, let's talk about the Joker comparison for a little bit, because I I mean, you could you could call this Joker light, I guess, or a movie that is trying for to sure. emulate yeah. Joker, especially... 
again, from the trailers, I was led to believe that this would be a movie about a young woman who, due to the circumstances of the world around her, the society that she lives in, that she would become twisted and evil and mean and crazy, um, as we know the character to be in 101 Dalmatians. Uh, kind of like a, a girl boss version of the the Arthur Fleck character in Joker. But what bothered me about this portrayal of Cruella is that Cruella is just a persona that she seems to be able to turn on and off at will. I mean, there there's a, there's a slight portion in the movie where she is uh, perceived to be wicked based on a, a public misunderstanding. She, Estella, Estella's her real name. She adopts the persona of Cruella. Um, Estella just shrugs it off and says, oh, well, let them believe what they want. If they want to believe that I skin puppies, then let them believe that. It's like Disney doesn't have the courage of its convictions to make a dark, complex movie about how... To make the villain an actual villain. (laughs) Exactly, because they have a brand to protect. And that's my whole... That's what makes me grumpy. Like, I, I mean, I'm, I know a lot of people can look past that. I know a lot of people really liked this movie um, and enjoy these kinds of movies because they take characters that they know and don't change them too much. They don't change the story or, or the, the characters too much because that would be challenging. People don't want to be challenged. They want to have things regurgitated at them that they know. And it's a comfort thing. It's I get it. Um, and I'm not trying to insinuate that I'm above that necessarily, because I've admitted plenty of times on the show where it's worked for me in the past. This doesn't work for me. It just feels wrong. And I, I, I am of the mind that I want my villains to be villains. I don't necessarily need to see Maleficent uh, not be Maleficent. I'd rather just watch Sleeping Beauty and and watch Maleficent. No, I get I get that point. Does I, that I make totally sense? understand that. No, it does make sense, and I think that's where there's that fine line. Like, well, are you going to just stop watching these? Because we already I know should. that the, I should have well, learned my ma- lesson by now. <laughs> the majority of them aren't working for you. And the majority of them haven't worked for me, but for some reason this one does. And I think that just comes down to two words, Emma fucking stone. Um, She's absolutely breathtaking, brilliant in this movie. Every single moment that she's on screen and she is being wicked as the Cruella persona is amazing. I could not take my eyes off of her. I knew she was going to knock it out of the park and she fucking did times 10. So, Apparently that wasn't enough for you because earlier on you said she deserved a better movie, but I think she is the movie. Like that's why I'm watching it. And maybe that's not enough for some people. For me, it definitely was. I mean, and I'm going to say this on top of that as well, the costume design. And I love to name these people on this show because these are the people that made this movie. Jenny Beaven and Tom Davies, the costume design in this movie was incredible i think there will be an oscar at at least a nomination yes and the production design design by fiona crombie and i wanted to name some makeup artists but there's like way too many of them but they deserve all the credit for this movie because that's what makes this movie um the way the movie looks i loved the period of it um but i I couldn't help it dude when she goes into cruella mode for me I, i was just a huge grin on my face and i could not wait to see what she was going to do next and she played the two different characters very differently. And I, I liked what she was trying to, her mannerisms would be different. 
the way that she would roll her eyes. She played Estella kind of just like regular Emma Stone character. Like you could find her in any of the other movies. But when it was Cruella, it literally felt like a completely different entity. I told my wife as soon as I came home from the movie, I was like, when she was in that outfit, I didn't see Emma Stone at all. I just saw Cruella DeVille. And that is what a perfect transformation needs to be. And she nailed that. Well, I wish it were more of a transformation. I think I just have a problem with the way the character is written because I wish it were, I I wish it were a gradual character transformation again, as opposed to this kind of half-hearted, like I think Emma Stone, the camera loves her. She has this effortless charm and a really evil glint in her eye. Again, when she's being Cruella, um, but she's saddled with this just very confused portrayal of the character as it's written. And so she does her best as both the kind of put upon, uh, you know, downtrodden Estella and the high fashion camp Cruella. And so, I mean, Emma Stone is not to blame here. I just, I, I, I just wish the portrayal of the character were more complex as written. Um, that being said, I mean, she's on screen for most of the movie. And so that's what made it watchable for me. Um, especially when she's sparring with Emma Thompson, who's the real Ooh. villain of the movie. Oh, dude. She's essentially Cruella de Vil in this. She is. She's a, she's a different version. I, I guarantee that's the way they approached her for this role. Like, listen, you're basically a Cruella de Vil as well. And we don't, we you're don't also wanna... you're also Miranda Priestly from The Devil Wears Prada. Dude, I can't believe you brought that up because literally that's exactly what I saw. This movie to me, the first thing I thought was this is Devil Wears Prada mixed with Joker. That's Essentially, literally yeah. what this movie is, and it works. I saw so many similarities there. Um, yeah, I it annoyed it. me. I, well, <laughs> see, I loved Emma Thompson in this movie. I thought she no, was me too. Just as good, uh, dude just oozing charisma, just eating up, chewing up scenery every single moment. And I loved her. I really did. I think, I mean, I didn't love, she's an evil character, but you just couldn't help but love the performance and love what she was doing. They were both perfectly cast aside each other. That's all I really needed with this movie because I don't know what you expected out of it, but um, I kind of got what I paid for with my price of admission. I mean, I got to see some cool villains. Um, There's some really good shots yeah i i dig but, the 70s punk aesthetic I, I i really yeah that was i really think an attempt was made to make the world feel lived in but a, just a little bit fantastical and heightened uh because this is they could have they could have gone even further with it but this is a very campy movie um and so i feel like that was reflected in the design of especially the costumes i mean uh, highest of commendation commendations to the designers here because that's really, again, aside from the actresses, that's what you're watching the movie for, is the look of everything. It kind of clashes when you get these really bizarre CGI scenes Dude, out of nowhere please, that distract okay. me. Here we go. Okay, so why the fuck have dogs in the movie? If you're not going to have dogs in the movie. <laughs> well, that and the dogs in the movie, when they're there, they're real dogs. Sometimes, and they're obviously trained movie dogs that can do things, like jump over things. Why in the fucking world do you have a CGI dog? It's There's a real dog right there. Why make the dog CGI? Or why are these dogs being enhanced? The Dalmatians looked so fucking uncanny valley weird to me. Like when they snarl, they're not really snarling. They're CGIing the dog to snarl. And yeah. it looks creepy and strange. And it bothered the shit out of me. 
Yeah, it has this really gummy effect where, like, your eyes can tell they're not real right away. Like, the, there's no fooling the human eye as to what's real and what's not, especially when it comes to CGI and special effects in movies. Um, yeah, I have no idea. And we have to talk about this, too, because this has gone viral on Twitter. It's the cause of a lot of ridicule and controversy on social media. And I feel like it's worthy of ridicule, but the opening scene, we should get this out of the way. Uh, Slight spoilers, but Cruella, or I should say Estella's mother, the way she's killed off in the movie. What did you think about that? Uh, Because I had to laugh out loud. It felt really cartoonish (laughs) and stupid because, all right, spoiler alert, ladies and gentlemen, if you haven't seen the movie, I'm just going to say it. So I'm warning you now. So the Baroness uses a dog whistle and three bad CGI looking Dalmatians run down and pounce on this woman. They, they drop kick her off. Dude, (laughs) the the one dog does. It literally does drop kick her in midair. And then she flies off a fucking cliff. Like a cartoon, like, ah, which that feels like a Saturday night live sketch. It feels like, if you're making a, a, a parody trailer for Cruella as to explain her backstory, this is exactly what you would say is like the cause of, of her hatred of Dalmatians. They killed her mother. And well, I, I knew that's what they were trying to do, but I'm like, <laughs> it was such a failed execution on how to handle that. Like they should have had real dogs standing there snarling and they t- tore her apart, murdered her or something, not k- drop kicked her off a fucking cliff, dude. But we know what happens at the end of the movie. So there's that yeah, and, connection. To and everything. the dog whistle thing isn't explained until later. So so when it first happened, I was shocked. Like I couldn't even believe what I was seeing with my eyes. But it was explained a little bit later with the dog whistle explanation. I was like, okay, that, that makes at least a little bit more sense to me. Um, there's also just elements like Cruella being born with her black and white hair as opposed to dyeing dude, it. I thought okay. for sure that she was going to be born with red hair and she decides to diet black and white later but no <laughs> or or it could be a wig i don't know but i was just shocked that they made that choice that was very bizarre again it feels like almost a parody of what it's trying to be i honestly I, that's why i said earlier not to cut you off that's why it took almost half an hour for me to start getting invested in like the movie i really disliked all the stuff with her as a small child in school and being a rebel it was catering way too hard and trying way too hard to be like hey you in the crowd the punk girl that writes on her sneakers this is for you this is for you to relate to this is the rebel you know and i get that's who the movie's being targeted towards with those kids that feel like they're uneven and different and stuff like that they're outcasts i'm one of them i still am but there's something about being spoon fed this that feels uncomfortable and unnatural. And that was, I didn't really like that. I'm like that. And dude, is there like a contest in movies now for directors for them to sit down and go, listen, guardians of the galaxy had like 20 pin drops in different songs. We need 25. No, let's do 30. How many fucking popular songs are in this movie? It was every other minute. I counted. I went to the credits and okay, I counted how many did. songs yeah, were in this look movie. look at you. Look at you. Because the list of songs at the end of the credits is longer than the list of visual effects artists. It goes on forever. And I counted. There are 37 licensed songs in this movie. And this was a complaint I had with Craig Gillespie's previous film, I, Tanya, which is a good movie. It's much better than this one, but 
that I also with that. that also had aggressively irritating near constant needle drops of songs that we've heard a million times already. Like I, Tanya used spirit in the sky. How many fucking times have we heard that song in movies? And that's, that's what bothers me about this too. When people say Cruella is a great movie because it had a great soundtrack. I, I do not understand this as being a credit to the movie because having a great soundtrack is not a credit to the acting. It's not a credit to the screenplay. It's not a credit to the direction. All it represents is look how much of the budget we spent on licensing these great songs. Well, that and dude, what bothers me the most is the song that I like the most, Call Me Cruella by Florence and the Machine, appeared at the end of the movie. I think that song is fa- fantastic. It doesn't play until the movie ends. I'm like, why create a song for your movie that's an original song that's new? Like, that's what they used to do back in the 90s and early 2000s. The new song being created for the movie would play during the movie. I heard that song. I was like, oh, this is cool. I like this. But it's not in the movie. Yeah. You know, and- so... And the thing is, too, like the songs don't seem to have any relevance to what's on screen. (laughs) There's there's a scene where the song um, I Love Paris starts playing like I Love Paris in the Spring or something. None of the movie takes place in Paris. So why is that song playing? There's a part where uh, the Baroness is demanding silence from her workers. She comes in. And she's like, silence. And it's meant to be this scene where she's overseeing everyone. And it's meant to, she's meant to be very austere and, and demanding silence and respect from her workers. And she says silence and a song from earlier just keeps blaring on the soundtrack. It should be silent. There should be nothing, but the movie can't, it doesn't have the courage to just be silent for a moment and not have a pop song playing. And, and, it's either that or it's blatantly obvious because what's the first song that comes to your head during a scene in which Cruella is like continuously plotting to upstage the Baroness in a series of outlandish publicity stunts. Oh, I know one way or another by Blondie. That would be the obvious choice. And that's the song they play during that scene. It's just, again, aggressively irritating because the movie is constantly, constantly hitting you. with I hated that. I hated that. After one ends, another starts. Exactly. It bothered the shit out of me, and it was not adventurous in its choices. You're going for this early 1970s, like, neo-punk aesthetic. Like, punk, in terms of fashion, definitely started in the UK. That's where it originated. And the the fashion in the movie, the costume design, represents that perfectly. But the music does not. It didn't, it didn't know how to, to meld the two things together. And... It frustrated the shit out of me. I mean, that 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 to me is just another case of agreeing with you and that it did not want to take that extra step in being a little bit more rough around the edges, a little bit edgier. I mean, the movie is edgy for Disney. Let's face it. It is. It's probably the edgiest thing they've done to one of their characters ever. Um, it did take a few steps. And who knows? Maybe Gillespie wanted to get more rough around the edges. Maybe he wanted to take it that extra step. And the studio was like, Nope, we know how they are, man. We know how those suits in the room are, especially at Disney. That they, they got, they have to make sure they have to make sure the sauce that, you know, when the parents and the kid are in target after going to see this movie and they see a Cruella shirt, 
with Emma Stone's face on it, that kid can wear that shirt. The mom will be okay with the kid wearing the shirt, you know? So that's at the end of the day, they still need to sell toys and stuffed animals and every fucking thing else. And and that's my problem. Yep. And that's why I feel like the movie is just creatively confused because we're meant to sympathize with Estella slash Cruella. Uh, she may not want to murder puppies, but she is cutthroat. She is manipulative. She is nasty. And what is the movie trying to say? That this is behavior to be emulated, to be repeated? I mean, I, I don't I don't know. I don't know what lesson a little girl watching this movie would get out of it. When you watch Joker, you don't get the impression that you're meant to... You're, I mean, you're meant to sympathize with Arthur Fleck, but I don't think the movie gives you any indication that you're meant to, uh, you know, be on his side necessarily when he becomes Joker. Uh, but but Cruella, again, it doesn't really know what it wants to do with the character. Does, like I said, it doesn't have the courage of, it, of, it, of its convictions to make her an outright villain. Um, but she still needs to be recognizable as Cruella de Vil. So when the movie ends, uh, there's a there's a mid credit scene of uh, uh, of Roger, of course, Roger from 101 Dalmatians, which, by the way, him and Anita in the movie were completely pointless characters. I have no idea why they were in the movie. I guess they were included just because uh, hey, they're in the original. Have, yeah, we have to have something from the original in there. And I mean, that end credit scene to me is building up to maybe possibly a new version of 101 Dalmatians. Sure. Which um, I wouldn't put it past them to do. They're probably going to do it. I mean, that's what it meant to be, but. Right. Um, so when the movie ends and he's composing the song about uh, Corella DeVille uh, and, and how mean and nasty and horrible she is, it, it, I don't buy it <laughs> because you don't feel as if you've watched an well, origin story done? for well, Corella. Well, well, what has she actually done? to any of those people that is mean or cruel or scary. Nothing. She She gives them puppies. Excuse me. She was a fashion icon. Basically. She was this young, youthful, like gorilla style punk fashion icon that was showing up at events and being like anarchist and, you know, spoiling these events for these high class people. But she didn't actually do anything to anybody, really. There, I mean, yeah, there was the one scene where she uh, showed up in the spotted coat. And that made it, people in the media instantly speculate about whether or not she, she skinned puppies in order to make the coat. I don't know where that would even they would even get that indication, but whatever. And then there was the scene later on where she's like, oh, if they just if they want to believe that, that's fine with me. People need a villain. And I'm like, OK, why? <laughs> Like, why are you deciding to be that villain for people? It doesn't really make much sense. Um, so, so I don't really buy it at the end when we're led to believe that we've watched an origin story or if we're not meant to believe that. Um, you don't even feel like you've seen the character from another point of view. It's as if you've watched a movie about a completely different character. But I have to ask you as we wrap up this discussion on this movie, what did you think about the way she gets the DeVille part of her name? Uh, it made me kind of roll my eyes. I assumed it. <laughs> I mean, the, the guys sitting next to me in the theater were like, yes. I was like, really? Again, it, it, it's, it's devil. It's devil, but it's pronounced devil. Yeah. And I mean, what are you going to do with when a character is named Cruella DeVille? How did she get that name? Oh, oh I don't know. You have to contrive a reason. You have Voice to think house. of a reason. I just assumed that her last name was fucking DeVille. Well, that's the thing. You, <laughs> you don't know? question it. And what you don't question it as a kid when you're watching 101 Dalmatians because she's the bad guy. She's her name namesake is literally cruel devil. So um, but when but when you're making a movie for 
I guess all ages or somewhat adults, also kids as well. You have to you have to make up a reason as to why her name might be that. So uh, I don't know. It's the Han Solo thing all over again from from Solo. Uh, that didn't bother me as much uh, as it seemed to bother a lot of people. But but yeah, it, it, it was lame. It's unnecessary. I don't even think you need to mention how they get their name. I mean, just that's you already know the character. Right. You already know why you're there to see it. We don't need an explanation. Like, and that's the problem. That's the whole thing, isn't it? Let's get to final thoughts on Cruella, Saucy. Well, I I think it's kitsch. I think it demonstrates a lack of understanding of the appeal of the character of Cruella DeVille. And it's another example, yet another example of Disney plundering its IP, because I guess they're just so hard up for cash. They just need to keep making these movies that are loose remakes or, again, often slavish remakes of movies that they've already made or in this case reimagining and then just make them worse so i, I don't know I, I guess are we doing ratings for this of course this is what we do <laughs> where the fuck have you been the past six years uh, drink your drink i'm going to give cruella a five out of ten. Ooh. Not as harsh as I expected, but still harsh enough. It's Emma Stone. It's Emma Thompson. Fabulous costumes. Fabulous production design. Um, I, I, I think it's worth watching for Emma Stone's performance. It carries it through the entire two-hour, 15-minute runtime. I have no idea why the movie was that long. Could have shaved half an hour off easily. And I do want to give uh, a special shout-out to uh, Paul Walter Hauser. Uh, who played Horace in the film. He was a bright spot for me. I thought he was extremely funny, and I loved his relationship with his little chihuahua, who at one point he dresses up as a rat, and that just cracked me up. So loved loved the shit out of that. Um, <laughs> dude, how, how about the scene? How about the scene where they're sitting in the car and they're commenting on how certain people look like their dogs? And then he turns Which is over. stolen stolen directly from 101 Dalmatians. Yeah. yeah. And but he the, the dog has a patch on its eye, and then he just covered his eye like this. And I just chuckled <laughs> at that. That was just it was so cute. It was very lighthearted. I loved I loved the supporting cast in this as well. I actually liked all the cast in the movie. I mean, you know, poor Mark Strong getting another random lame character. He does nothing in the movie. He just stands around in a suit. Uh, it's like, come on. But I guess I guess dude's gotta get paid, but Which can we talk about the fact too? that they cast uh, John McRae as Artie. And I guess he's the owner of this fashion shop that Cruella stops in a couple times for some reason. It's not really related directly to the storyline. He, he just kind of appears, but much hullabaloo. Is it because is it, is it, is it they needed a gay character in the movie? <laughs> yeah, there, there was much hullabaloo about this being Disney's first out gay character. And, how do you um, know he's even gay? That's the thing. He's he acts flamboyant. That's the but, only reason why anyone but, would assume that he's dude, gay. But, yeah, it's never explicitly said. And so, what's the point? <laughs> you don't even know that he's gay. Maybe he just likes to wear flamboyant clothes and act flamboyant. Well, he's like obviously he's, modeled after David Bowie, the the Ziggy well, Stardust yeah, he's got, look. He's got the the lightning makeup next to his eye. And I, and I get that. But. It's Disney trying to, again, include characters of all races. I mean, that's, again, that's the only reason why. Well, they're obviously trying very hard in this movie. That, that's sure. why Anita was in this movie. I guess they needed that's a black right. woman in the movie. Yep. Uh, they needed a gay character. Uh, because Isn't that sad? Isn't that sad that they're literally just checking off boxes because they feel they have to? Yep. 
I mean, that's what it is. It to just me, the, at least. it just makes the movie even longer to have all these characters, and and I'm not well, saying that Disney shouldn't strive for no, for no, representation no, no. because they should, but. But it does come off, if you look at it from this perspective, Brian, it does look like they're literally like, oh, got to have a black person in this role, got to have a gay person in here. It, to me, that's just how it feels. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm totally wrong on that. But it just feels like now, with almost everything, that's the way that they're, they're casting movies and television shows and stuff. Pandering. Yes, that's it what is. That's what they call it. Yes, it is. But, all right, so you've bitched about it long enough. Um there are more things we could get into on this movie, but I, I liked it. I really did enjoy it. I think just for the performances alone, um, it was just a fun little movie for me. I get what you're saying in, you know, in terms of the character not being all the way there for you. I think Loisos just wanted to see Cruella DeVille skinning and murdering dogs and maybe possibly small children. I mean, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I mean, I, at one point she does mention that she would possibly think about killing someone, you know. Uh, they 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 reference they actually say the baroness actually tells her i'm going to kill you or she says it to her i'm sorry Corilla says to the baroness i'm going to kill you which i will admit is edgier than anything disney has done in a long time yeah we see people getting tased with a taser which is one of my favorite moments of comedy relief when the baroness <laughs> grabs that taser from her henchman tases him and then randomly like just a poor servant is walking by and she tases the bitch. It was so fucking funny. I laughed out loud. I'm like, that's, those are like the kind of dark humor moments that they tried to inject here. I think Gillespie really tried again. It's Disney. So he probably tried his best license. And that's where I'm giving credit where it's due for me, a seven out of 10. I thought it was good. I liked it. I would watch it again with the wife. I told her she should watch it. Performances alone. Too many fucking pop songs in one movie. Seriously. That's a trend in Hollywood that I would love to see die. Like, I get it. I'm wondering which had more it, needle but... drops, this or Suicide Squad. That's hard to say. We might we'll have, have to, to we might up. have to do a tally. We'll have to do some research on that. But <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I feel like if you like 101 Dalmatians, if you're a Disney fan, you know you've already gone to see this or you're going to watch it on Disney Plus. You're probably gonna pay that extra chunk, even though you should probably just wait until it's on there for free. But I get it. Performances alone, I will say this and then I'll leave it there. Out of all these remakes, Boy Sauce, all these reimaginings, I think that Emma's performance as Cruella is my favorite out of any of these villain characters. I think she's the best. I think she's also the most memorable. And there you have it. I think so, that's a fair assessment. So you're rating yeah. Justin out of 10. Yep. It, I already gave it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Are you not listening? Look at Loisos over here. Not even a drink in hand. He's drinking fucking tea. And he's like, oh, I don't know. Seven out of ten for me. Five for Loisos. There it is for Quella. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, A Quiet Place, part two. <laughs> 